Hello and welcome to the Daily Grind. It is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church and we are doing today's devotion which is delivered Monday through Friday titled The Daily Grind and it's to help us as we walk step by step with Jesus Christ. I am your host Steve and this is Andy Bitsko here to my right. Hello. And uh, we're going to be Taking a couple things you should have along with you. Obviously, we do use the King James Bible version. Uh, have a Bible along with you. If you don't have a Bible, don't own a Bible right now. Um, don't go out to the store and uh, go buy one right now during this COVID time. You can download it at your app store or you can download the Logos Bible software at logos.com. We are utilizing the 365 Days of Spurgeon. And as well, you can purchase that at Logos. Um, it's not necessary. To have the devotional book with you, we do. If you do listen to this podcast um, at our Faith Life community, um, the slot, the slides, or the the scripture or the text of 365 Days of Spurgeon will be displayed on your screen. If you're listening to any of our other platforms that are available, we thank you. And we have April 22nd, Andy, first rede- full redemption. There First he is. There, there, there he is. You see him right there. That is uh, the Reverend Charles Spurgeon over there on the left. I was confused. Is he on the right? Never. Never on the right. Always on the left of the screen. And uh, title first, uh, Full Redemption. Our first scripture verse that we're going to be going over today is out of the book of Revelation, chapter number 20, and verses 1 through 10. Uh, just take a moment to find that in your Bibles. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Yes, that's where the devil's going to go. It's going to be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone. And uh, it's going to be tormented day and night, forever and ever. All right. Uh, like 
Like it says, title of Full Redemption. This is a part of uh, Charles Spurgeon's full sermon called Full Redemption. It was, uh, we're just going to be using an excerpt of it today. It was delivered by him on the, on the Sabbath morning, April 22nd, in the year 1860, which was some time ago. It was. It was. And it was at Exeter Hall and Strand. And uh, just want to go ahead and give you some time, get ready. And I'm going to go ahead and begin to read this excerpt. And it says, A man once wrote a book to prove the devil a fool. Certainly when all matters shall come to their distinct consummation, Satan will prove to have been a magnificent fool. Folly, magnified to the highest degree of subtlety, shall be developed in Satan. Ah, thou trailing serpent, what hast thou now after all? I saw thee but a few thousand years ago, twining around the tree of life and hissing out thy deceptive words. Ah, how glorious was the serpent then, a winged creature with his alzer scales. Yes, and thou doubtest, didst triumph over God. I hear thee, O, th- o thou didst go hissing down to thy den. I hear thee to say to thy blood, vipers in the nest as they are. My children, I have stained the Almighty's works. I have turned aside his loyal subjects. I have injected my poison into the heart of Eve, and Adam hath fallen too. My children, let us hold a jubilee, for I have defeated God. O my enemy, I, I think, I see thee now. With thy head all broken, and thy jaw teeth smashed, and thy venom bags all emptied, and thou thyself a weary length of agony, rolling miles afloat along a sea of fire, tormented, destroyed, overcome, tormented, ashamed, hacked, hewed, dashed in pieces, and made a hissing and a scorn for children to laugh at, and made a scoff throughout eternity. Ah, well, brethren, the great Goliath hath gained nothing but his boasting. Christ and his people have really lost nothing by Satan. All they lost once was been retaken. The victory has not simply been a capture of that which was lost, but a gaining of something more. We are in Christ more than we were before we fell. Not a hoof shall be left behind. Now, Spurgeon ends that excerpt of his, of his message stating not a hoof shall be left behind. And he's getting that out of the context of the, of the Bible in Exodus chapter 10, verse number 26. And let me read. Our cattle also shall go, without, go with us. There shall not a, a hoof be left behind. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until he comes thither. Meaning, God always has the victory. Meaning that Satan, the devil, the serpent, the winged creature, the beast, all those names that are spoke of him, does not win. You see, Christ settled it when he died on the cross. The devil knows the end game of life. And he was good, he's going to be cast into hell 
hellfire and brimstone, tortured forever and ever. He knows what's going to happen. He knows. And we, as Christians, should know that our God, our Savior, is going to win, regardless. So absorb that for a second. Absorb that no matter what happens, no matter what may be taking place, right now, presently in your life, God is going to win. And if you're a child of God, and you believe in God, and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you're in walk with Him, and you're in talk with Him, and you're, and you're step by step, nothing will beat you. Nothing will beat you. But knowing that, do you think the devil's going to stop? The devil is not going to stop to tempt. The devil's not going to stop to try to win. Even though he's not going to win, he's going to still keep on trying. That is one stubborn fool right there, I'm telling you. He's just going to keep on going. You know, the only thing the devil can win on you as being a Christian, you know what that one thing is? You may say, oh, it's my salvation. No, he cannot take your salvation away. We talked about that. You're in God's hand. He'll not pluck you out. He'll, he has to ask, the devil has to ask God for permission to do anything to you. God, well, just like the Lord said about his servant Job, spare his life. Don't take his life. God's always in control. The only thing the devil can do to destroy you as a Christian is your testimony. Is your testimony. Well, what do you mean? Your testimony is how you live your life for Christ. You may say, well, tell me more. Now, and I'm going to tell you right now. If you're not fulfilling your life with Christ... And you're not living your walk with Christ. The devil won the victory. Meaning. If you're a Christian. And people. Can't tell or people or. You're not telling them about Christ or you're not. Trying to be an outreach to them. The devil's got you quiet. The devil won. If you are not opening up the word of God and studying and reading and meditating it or listening to these scriptures and sharing them with others or sharing the gospel with others or sharing a video or sharing a podcast or sharing a text message or sharing something in the glory of God, the devil's got you quiet. Oh, how how I wish that Back in, if we look at Spurgeon's time, and back in 1860, when he's talking about this message, if he had Facebook, what do you do with Facebook back then? Or what do you do with like the technologies that we have today, or a cell phone or anything else? Back then, he was excited when he could yell at the top of his lungs at a, at a, 
a, a patio or an open area where all can hear him. He was excited about that. But now there's a time when you can reach millions and millions of people by a click of a button. And we don't. We don't. We're afraid. We're scared. We gave that part of our testimony or gave all that testimony to the victory to devil, to the devil, to Satan himself. When was the last time you went to a church service? You say, well, Brother Steve, there's, there's COVID-19 right now. I can't go to church. Oh, there's many ways you can go to church today. I'll tell you what, if you, if, if you don't have a church right now that's not streaming or on your cell phone or your tablet or your home computer or on your TV or your Roku or your Apple TV or whatever it may be with the technologies that we have today, you're looking for an excuse not to go to church. The devil has won. He has only one, that one thing, your testimony. He didn't take your salvation. Don't get me wrong. Don't twist my words. He did not take your salvation. That is good as gold. It is done. You're going to be up there in heaven. But he's taken away the testimony that you have here while you're on earth. So let's look over this. How can we get that victory over Satan? How can we, how can we step up and say, you know what? Satan, you're not going to have this victory. You're not going to mess up my testimony. I'm going to stand here, stand true, and have the best walk I possibly can. How can I have that victory and celebrate it, not with pride, but with joy? Let's first, took a, let's first look at our verses here in Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to take you from where Andy left while well, he was in chapter 20. I'm going to continue on in the study of Revelation in chapter 12 in verse number 10. Uh, through 12 right now it says and i heard of a loud voice saying in heaven now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ for the accuser of our brethren is ca- is cast down which accused them before our god day and night and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time see that devil's going to keep on trying day and day and day and night and night and night to get a hold of you and to create that wrath for you i know we talked about that wrath oh the wrath to come he is, he is trying to do whatever it takes to stumble, to give you an obstacle course, to make you trip, to make you fall, to not be a product or walk with Christ. You know, many of us, we try to wake up in the morning and read our Bibles. Many times we wake up and we say, we can't read our Bible this morning because my coffee's not made. So we make our coffee and then we sit down and read our Bible. And then the next excuse, after we have our coffee made and we have our Bible there, we say, you know, it's too cold. So the next morning we wake up, we make our coffee, we get a room right, we bring out the Bible. And then we say, you know what, the lighting's not right. So I'm going to go down to the store of Walmart or Amazon and get it here in about two days. And the next morning I'm going to wake up, I'm going to make my coffee, I'm going to set the temperature in my room right, I'm going to get my brand new lamp out for I have the proper lighting in in the room for I can read the Bible. You finally open up the Bible and guess what? You say for the fourth time, I'm not comfortable to read the Bible. So you want to get a chair. You get my drift. 
The devil will go ahead and put any kind of excuse in your head or in your life for you not to read the word of God. The devil will put any excuse or anything in your life for you not to go to church. The devil will put any excuse or anything in your life for you to not have a Christian walk. He knows that time is short. He knows the end game. In Romans chapter 16, verses 19 through 20, the Bible says, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. The devil's going to lose. God's going to win. He's going to bruise Satan. He's going to knock that bad boy out. He's going to put him in, into that pit, and he's going to stay there. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is going to be with us. That grace, that mercy, we're going to have. If we go ahead and look, we talked about this, another point. For the moment, we must remain on guard for him. The devil is always going to come, like I said. He knows what the end game is. But what do we do as Christians to, to get these things out of our mind, to get these things, to, that, the distractions, to get these, these what I call te- testimony crushers away from us? We first got to look to the sword, which is the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7 and verse number 5. It says, Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your inconsistency. Let me take a drink here for a second. Give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together. That Satan will not be inconsistent. That Satan will not be consistent against you. So let me, let me break this down for you. Prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is communication of you up to the Lord. Fasting. Let's talk about fasting. Some people have a, a major concern about fasting. I know it's a big, huge health fad right now. People are fasting 16, 18 hours. There's one fasting of a group that people at my work do, and they call it the warrior fast, where they fast for 20 hours and they eat. Are allowed to eat, and they allow themselves to eat for four hours. That fasting, that's not the fasting they're talking about here. Why? Because they tell everybody they're fasting. <laughs> they're, they're like, look, Brother Bitsko, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm, fa- I'm doing a warrior fast right now. I'm going 20 solid hours right now. I'm not eating any food. I'm not drinking any water. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to fast right now because, you know, I'm going to go back into that gym at the 21th hour after I eat about 15 minutes worth of McDonald's. I'm going to go into that gym and I'm going to crush it in that gym because I'm on the warrior fast. That's not the fasting of pride. God is looking for fasting a spiritual fasting is where it's between you and the Lord you may want to tell your family just give them a heads up but it's between you and the Lord and that's where you pick a time 30 minutes an hour six hours 10 12 20 hours 24 hours 48 hours 36 hours and instead of of eating food, you 
take in the word of God. And you pray. And you use that time that you would usually have for food to pray and to read the word of God and to be a meditation of his word. It's a simple thing. It's a difficult thing. But when there's times of struggle, when you feel the devil is beating you and you have nothing else to do, seek the Lord. Seek him with fasting and prayer. We go ahead and we continue on in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Don't be ignorant of his devices. It's this simple. If you're going to drink, you're going to get drunk. If you're going to smoke, you may get cancer. If you do drugs, you may be a drug addict or become a drug addict. If you lust after other women besides your wife, you're an adulterer. If you want something your neighbor has that you do not have, you're coveting. If you're caught at work not doing what you're supposed to do and you make an excuse, you're lying. You see, those devices that the devil uses to trip our testimony are real. You know, people laugh about it. You know, I'm so sly. I got out of this out of work, and I just told him I did this, and I told him I did that, and, you know, no one questions me what I'm doing. You're using a device, because I'll tell you what, somewhere, someone at that workplace or at that church or in your family, they know the truth. They know what's happening. But then they're not going to take you for your word. And I'll tell you, if you lose that testimony, it's a tough one to come back from. It really is. Not saying you can't. I mean, you can. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens. But it's a tough one. If you steal and you get caught and your name, your address is on a police blotter or in a newspaper, or someone posts it on Facebook, your testimony's done. For that moment, the devil won that moment. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of who you are. You're a Christian with the Holy Spirit inside of you, trying to do and follow the will of God. You know, people ask me all the time, what's my will of God? I got two teenage boys that ask me all the time, what's the will of God? Pray and read your Bible. <laughs> Walk right. That's fulfilling God's will. Is doing all you possibly can for the works of Christ. Let's go into another verse here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 27. Neither give place to the devil. Don't have an idle time that you give to the devil. Don't. Idle times, not good. Right now, 
COVID, it's a struggle right now. You're sitting at home, you can't do anything. You're, you know, you're trying to watch TV, you're trying to read a book, you're trying to listen to a podcast. Don't give that opportunity to the devil. Meaning that if you're watching something on Netflix right now, that you know that's not honoring and pleasing to God, and you know it's not helping in your walk with God, don't do it. Don't give that opportunity to the devil. If you're playing a video game that's destructive and that's damaging, that's, that's not of good, of, uh, good language and that is glorifying uh, death and, and, and destruction, don't give that opportunity to the devil. If you're listening to music that is not promoting you to be a Christian, don't give that opportunity to the devil. If you're reading books that's taking your mind away and into thoughts of lust or other coveting or other idolatry, don't allow it to be done. Don't give that opportunity to the devil. You're saying, well, what's left, Brother Briscoe? I mean, are you just telling me you're going to sit in a corner all day, just open up your Bible, and you're going to be like, this is all I'm going to do all day. I'm just going to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and that's all I'm going to do because that's the only thing that's pleasing to God. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying not live your life. I'm not saying don't, don't watch TV. I'm not saying don't read a book. I'm not telling you don't listen to music. I'm not telling you to, do, to not play games. I'm saying is make sure that it's not destroying your testimony. It's, you know, I had, a, I had an illustration uh, years ago where I lived in Europe, and I wanted a cup of coffee really bad. And uh, there was this uh, pub in Europe. There's pubs everywhere. Uh, and I wanted a cup of coffee, and I was in the airport, and I, I went into that pub, and I got a, a cup of coffee, and while I was walking out, someone said to me, hey, what are you doing drinking over there? And I wasn't drinking. I was just getting a cup of coffee. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying I was getting a cup of coffee. No matter what I told the guy <laughs> and gal that I was getting a cup of coffee, I knew in the back of their mind they're thinking he was just going in there to get a, a, a quick sneak of a of a drink. Even though that wasn't anywhere in my intentions. And I'm not telling you, you know, don't go to Chili's where there's a, you know, obviously they have a, a bar there and they have great food. Or don't go to Applebee's whenever these places open up again. Or don't go to Texas Roadhouse. But I went into a, an establishment that was strictly a place for alcohol to get a cup of coffee and I knew better. You're saying, well, that's kind of, those people are kind of weird. How could they think of something like that? Or, you know, you know, I could play all the what ifs in my head. But the bottom line is I never saw those people back at church. And I kind of wondered, was it because I stepped into a pub to get a cup of coffee? How, how to some of you may be like how small and how meaningless that was, but you know, I had to really take in consideration just that one little small action didn't mean anything to me at all. I knew I, I wasn't tempted to drink any alcohol or tempted to have a sit down at the bar and sit there for a couple hours till my next flight came. None of, the, none of that tempted me, none of it. But I screwed up a testimony for a family that probably could be a great works, a great work in the church. They, 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 I, I, I didn't know them 
that well yet. They're just starting to become, um, starting their walk with Christ. But they, they could have been musicians. They could have been singers. They could have been, you know, he could have been a preacher later on. She could have had a, a woman's ministry. She could have taught uh, Peary Pirates. I mean, there could have been many things that could have been done for the great works for Christ. But I made a wrong choice. So ne- never, neither give place to the devil. Let's go on to Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 11. This is one of the famous verses that people memorize when they talk about battling Satan or battling the devil. Put on the whole armor of God, it says, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh, yes, the armor of God. A lot of people say, I got my armor of God on right now. I'm just battling the devil. Well, let's talk about what actually is that armor of God. If you continue on in chapter 6, verse number 12, verse number 18, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. So we're not going against humans here. you got to understand that. There's a provocation. Something's provoking these things to happen, and that's the principalities, and that's the devil himself. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the devil day, and having done all to stand. You see, we're standing, and standing with the armor of God, you're going against the devil. You're not going against people, you're not, you know, you're not yelling or punching or kicking or you know slapping them you're not doing that you're making a stand against the spiritual wickedness and also the uh, the the rulers of darkness and against the principalities against powers and how do you do that you may say what do i need stand thereof having your loins girt about with truth your loins girt around with truth what's the truth you tell them the truth you tell them the truth. The truth, I believe in Jesus Christ. The truth, I am a Christian. The truth, I'm going to do the best work I possibly can. The truth, I'm going to try to rise up from this, from this disaster right now. I'm going to put these loins girt around me. And having a breastplate of righteousness. Having the breast, breastplate of righteousness. Christ's righteousness. We have no righteousness, no, not one. But Christ has righteousness. And having Christ's righteousness upon us, our breastplate. And ye and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What does that mean? Whenever you're walking, whatever you're doing, whatever you're saying, whatever you may be, wherever you're chatting, wherever you're talking, have the gospel ready. If people say, hey, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen the next minute. My life is uh, uh, destructive right now. My life is going nowhere. I'm in this COVID quarantine. I'm staying in my house all alone. I am here with the same people every day. This is crazy. Please have the gospel ready. Deliver to them the gospel. Get a copy of the Romans Road. Put a... Sample, one of the greatest things having these Bibles apps that you can have these verses already marked off in your app or have a track available with you. You know, talking to 
you know, lost family members that don't know Christ, when they're, they're complaining or the stress or the anxiety, if I've already hit a couple of these things, tell them the truth. You do the truth. Tell them about Christ's righteousness. But most of all, tell them about the gospel. Because that gospel, that salvation, that exception of, acceptance of Christ is peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Knowing that we have the faith in Jesus Christ. Knowing that it's something we cannot see, but it's something that's there that we know that is true and that will fall, follow until all throughout eternity. Wherewith you stand to be able to quench all the fury darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation. You see, the devil, he's going to be thrown and uh, shooting those darts of uh, those fury darts at you. Have that helmet of salvation. Have that assurance of salvation with you. Most importantly, it's talking about the helmet. Have a mind that is for Christ. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, having the Word of God with you is your sword. It is sharper than to any two-edged sword. It, it, you need to have it with you. You need to have the verses marked in the Bible if you haven't already done so, but have time and to meditate. What do you mean by meditation? I mean about taking and trying to memorize the Word of God. I mean, read it daily. Have that, Because every time you read the Word of God, it is something that's going in you. The, God's word not, will not return void. It is, it's staying in you. When circumstances happen, that word of God can rise to, to your mind, to your lips, to, to, and, and possibly verbally saying those things, saying the word of God. It is sharp. I mean, even if circumstances happen and you don't know what to do, just say a verse. That, whatever verse is in your heart, just say it. It will change that situation. And also praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereof with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Pray. The Bible talks about praying without without ceasing, to continue to pray. You know, sometimes we look at prayer as we got to kneel at a certain position we have to lean forward a certain position we got to have our hands in a certain position we got to have our eyes closed we got to bow our head and we have to do all these ritual things to pray that's not so true you can pray while you're walking you can pray while you're driving you can pray while you're sitting you can pray while you're watching tv you can pray while you're talking you can continuously pray in through your mind Because who's listening to it? It's not the person that's across from you. It's not the person on the TV. But it's Jesus Christ who's our mediator to God. He's always listening. Always has an answer. may not be the answer we want right then and there, but he always has the answer. uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. As for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly, to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am the ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly, and I ought to speak. Let's talk about that. We're talking about an ambassador. We're talking about someone 
that is actually a liaison, a a spokesperson, a focal point for Jesus Christ himself. And we'll make known the mystery of the gospel. Some people may look at the gospel as a, a, a mystery. We'll let them know how simple it is and present the gospel to them. Tell them that for all, for all have sinned and come short of the God, that no one's righteous, no, not one. Tell them for all the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is through the eternal life, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Having that gospel ready with boldness during a time when someone may tempt you with sin is key. I've traveled all over the world, and there's a lot of evil people in the world. And people that don't know me may come up to me and say, Hey, hey, Steve, you want to go drinking, or you want the cigarette, or hey, you want to come back to my room with me? I'll tell you what, if you tell them the gospel, <laughs> and you tell them they're not righteous, you tell them that we're all sinners, you tell them that they need Jesus Christ, I'll tell you what, they'll put, they'll, they'll put a break in their tracks right then and there. say, well, that's foolish. I can't do that. I can't. I don't have that strength. Well, I encourage you to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, where it talks about, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. For thereon I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. See, you're in bonds but you're an ambassador and you need to speak boldly. The way I keep this in my head is sometimes saying the unpopular thing is the popular thing. Saying the unright thing is the right thing. If you ever worked with a boss that's just giving you some kind of path of craziness and you know it's not going to work you as a subordinate or you as a follower needs to speak up and say sir ma'am that's not going to work so you got to speak boldly and that's the same illustration we have right here when the devil attacks us and he uses these devices Maybe there's a movie coming through Netflix right now in the background while you're listening to this podcast. You need to say, no, I'm not going to watch that anymore. No, I'm not going to read that. No, maybe I'm not going to talk to that person right now. Or maybe if you're talking to that person, maybe you just got off the phone and had a conversation. Maybe you need to call that person back and speak boldly and tell them about Christ. You see, your testimony, your testimony is the most important thing. 1 Timothy chapter number 3, verses 6 and 7 says, Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them, which are without lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. You know what's the killer? 
You know, you know, one of the number one things of kill of the killer of a testimony is, is pride. See, you'll fall into that condemnation of the devil. You'll fall in his trap if you have pride. You know, I could say, Andy's the best son I've ever seen in all of America, all of Europe, all of Spain, all of the Russia, all over Asia, all over the Pacific, and then Andy screws up. <laughs> you see, our pride is what will hurt our testimony. We need to be humble. We need to have a good report. A good testimony. Don't let the best of you get the best of you. You're not the best. You're not all righteous. You don't have the best gaming skills. You don't have the best speaking skills. But you do have the best which Christ strengthens you. You know, I think of Moses. He wasn't a great speaker. God provided him Aaron. But, but Moses gave God excuses. I cannot speak. I'm slow. I'm slow. But still, God used Moses to, want to do one of the greatest things. He stood up in front of Pharaoh. He, he, he did amazing works. And it wasn't just him. God provided him his brother Aaron to do, to do that also with him. But Moses had to think and say, Hey, I am slow. I'm unlearned. I, I, I can't talk. I stutter. I, God, you, I'm not the person for you while he's talking to the burning bush. I'm not your person right now. You must find someone else. But he knew with God he could do it. He had that faith. He had that faith in God. Do you have that faith with God that you can do great things for him? Can you have that faith with God that you can have that testimony? Also, let's look at another verse about the devil here. 1 Peter chapter number 5, verses 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom ye may devour, whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. See, that devil, he's not going to stop. He's going to keep on going. He's going to be like that roaring lion, that hungry, fierce, roaring lion. And he's going to be looking for whoever he can devour because he's just looking to take away one person's testimony, another person's testimony, or to go to an unbeliever and say, there is no God. He goes to that unbeliever and says, there is no church. It's all foolishness. He goes to that unbeliever and says, don't listen about that gospel. That's why you have to be that ambassador. Because that unbeliever is not getting what he should be hearing, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. You need to be able to search and look and understand that that devil can has devices that that devil could be anywhere, and that devil is hungry like a roaring lion. And I hope you can, I hope you truly 
heard and listened what today's message is about. I hope it encouraged you to get strong and to get strength in the Lord and to have that armor of God, to be able to look and, and defeat and observe the, the, the devil and how it can mess up your testimony. I hope you do not leave one hoof behind. I hope, meaning that I hope all of us work together for the will and for the glory of God. Don't leave anyone behind. If you see someone slacking, a fellow Christian slacking, be bold. Tell them, hey, let me pray with you. Let me, let me, let's read the Bible together. Let me text back and forth what, what struggles you may have. Because I can search in the Bible and I may not know everything, but I know my Bible has all these answers. Let me send them to you. Don't leave a hoof behind. There is a battle going on today. And many of us, we don't want to come in the realization that, hey, something is against me. Yes, it's called the devil. Remember, he can't take away your salvation. He can't take away the gift of eternal life. He can't take away that relationship that you will always have with Christ. But he can take away that testimony that you have. Don't let him have it. Be strong. And I hope you listen and I hope you share this message and this podcast to as many people as you possibly can. Because we are in the glory for God. I hope you you help us. I hope we reach as many platforms as we possibly can as we continue on this daily devotion and this ministry through Faith Baptist Church here in El Paso, Texas, here in the borderland. Many of you may not even know what the borderland's like, but we're down here in the borderland of Texas, out here in South Te- Southwest Texas. Please share it. Please click on the share page. Send it to someone that is struggling as a Christian right now. I know we've given many messages about the gospel. Share those. Go back to uh, wherever you, whatever podcast feeder you have and look at those messages and send them to the lost. Let it be a tool. Have that conversation with them. And as always, you can come to our website, faithbaptistelpaso.org. Go there. You can, if you don't belong to a church or you don't know where a streaming church is that's preaching the gospel, I, I encourage you to go there and click Watch live. I encourage you to join our community right there on our uh, uh, right there on our page. You can click on our community. You can ask to join. We can get you plugged in. I had a person today. I missed a video chat from someone that wanted to chat with me earlier. I missed it, but I hope he he requests it again if he's listening. We have the technology and the availability to look face to face at you, at each other and be able to talk about the scriptures. Also, we have. That faith-like community that I mentioned, we're on Facebook. I asked you, you can join. Anyone can join. That's where you can get a feed of the podcast and what's happening in our church. And also, we do have our Bible study along with uh, Sunday's messages. Sunday, we do start the message at 11 o'clock. And we have another message at 6.30 in the evening. Thank you. God bless. Have a good day.